you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, fam? Chadi here. Welcome to part two of the season finale of season three. So what had happened was, is last week I had a conversation with my amazing pastor and mentor, and it went really long. It longer than I anticipated because she's a wisdom bomb, and uh, I felt like I needed to break this joker up into twos so that you could have... Uh, her for two weeks. So um, my hope is that you listen to the first part and now you get to jump right in to the second part. We're talking about Sabbath. We're talking about rest. We're talking about how busyness is not a thing and a lot of other things that matter in the kingdom. So uh, we're going to jump right in and um, yeah, here we go. I realized uh, I would say this summer that I didn't know how to rest. Mm -hmm. Like I thought I did. I've read the book. I did all the right things. I did the scheduling. I made sure the thing, I didn't move on certain things. We've been doing Shabbat in our home. It's all the things. And then I would say last summer I went on a cruise, which is like the worst thing you could ever do. Don't ever do it. So dumb. Don't ever do it. Yeah. My husband's very tropical. You know this. (laughs) So he's very tropical. He's very tropical. So he, he does things like this where he talks me into boats. Cuban don't do boats. So. I but went, you don't. We don't. That's so <laughs> that's weird. not what I heard. That's bizarre. I've heard, I've heard many a story of Cubans in bed. Savage, savage. <laughs> so, dude, everyone was just paying to rest. Like, we'd get to an excursion and nobody was like chilling. It was like, how many thousands of dollars can I throw at doing no. more stuff? Uh-uh. And I looked at a statement. I was like, that's not rest. Like, this whole world, all we do is we throw money at doing more things during, so that we can say that we're resting. No. And I was like, it's it literally the opposite of rest. Because I think rest, when I think of resting, I think like my whole life is a schedule. Yes. So when I rest, I want no schedule. But isn't that interesting? Because it's my literally, worst nightmare, no schedule. That's eternity. Yeah. It's the eternal present. Wow. Because there's no decay. I need to get on that. Yeah, eternal. But I mean, you don't have to do no schedule, but you could do like a No, plan. I did that this past week. I was in Montana. Oh, how I was did in Montana. It was incredible. I had no schedule. I didn't know what to do. Like, first of all, it's all the, you know, gringo excursions that I would have a massive heart attack about. I'm eventually going to talk about it on the podcast. You, have to. Um, you know, the birds falling out of the air because oh it was so gosh. cold, things like that. <laughs> I felt like the Lord showed me a lot. But it, it I honestly, it was a it was the very first time that I actually went somewhere and didn't allow myself to have a schedule. And I, I like, I leaned into it and I, it was like, wow. I've never felt more mentally rested in my life. Yes. Because you're not even thinking of anything. No. And my husband's like, did you like, sleep well? And I was like, nah. He was like, but you, I was like, I just feel rested. Yeah. Cause you're, it's, you know, decision fatigue is a real thing. What? Your brain has. What did you just say? Decision fatigue. What is that? Where do you get a, Where do you come up with these things? I know psychiatrists. <laughs> um, decision fatigue. No, but it is, it's a real thing. You, you have a certain amount of capacity for making decisions well. You can always make decisions, but they're you feel like making decisions that you feel good about. Yeah, and it's a it's a capacity that is limited, and it has to be renewed. It's renewed through rest. So, you know, if you won't rest, and you're gonna, you are like, you ever just feel like I can't make any more decisions, or I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm but done. you've made decisions yeah. all day long. That's not something you can do infinitely with no consequences. You have to stop and think of your brain like it has all these, you know, windows that have popped open, like a, you yeah, know, whenever like you a get computer. this, like yeah. a computer with the window, and you have to, like rest allows you to click X all those out and click them out and shut them down. Oh wow! So you actually, when you go back to the time when you need to make decisions, 
you're starting with a fresh, a clean slate. Wow, decision fatigue. It's a real thing. And that is a that's a thing. In fact, I, when I have to when I when I'm going to know mm-hmm. I'm going to be making decisions and yeah. meetings, I plan those for my peak mental alertness because I know that after a certain time of day. I can still make decisions, but it's going to be harder for me to make decisions. Oh, my God. That's game changing. So you're like, I put my decision making. Put my best foot forward. Yeah. And I don't obviously like, yeah, I don't have to make key decisions all day long. But when I do have to make decisions, I put them in the toward the front part of the day because I'm better at that time. Okay. So we have people listening there in ministry, people who have recently gotten married, people who have mm-hmm. kids. I'm just going to piggyback on this. Okay. Like. You can get decision fatigue at home. Oh, so how gosh. do you how do you give your spouse your best? That is so hard because really we're going to reconnect with our spouse at the end of the day, yes, right? Because like I'm fried all day, yeah, <laughs> and he's like, and so we're just staring at each other. Now I know what it is. Now I'm going to be like, we have decision fatigue. We have decision fatigue. <laughs> I think what's something that's so important about <clears throat> that is, um, honestly, closing out your day. And I have this in my book a little bit too, how to close out your day and open up to a new a new space in the day. Oh yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm gonna go back and read this. So like if I've talked about if you're a work for I've talked about work work focused people and home focused people, and that's I won't get off onto that trail. But one of the things that I think, you know, we tend to just kind of flow through our day and yeah. put it on, you know, full throttle forward and we're just trying to I remember when our kids were little, I'm just trying to get them to bed so I can lay on the couch and watch TV <laughs> and nobody's, you know, asking me a hundred questions. Documentaries, yes. But just I think one thing is just I decided when my kids were in elementary school that I would no longer multitask when I was with my kids. Wow. Didn't mean that I didn't get distracted. I was not perfect at it by any means. But like I used to would like answer the phone and reply to texts and I'll be cooking dinner and answering and doing their homework and so many things. And I just decided that anything that came up to me from the outside when I was with my kids and managing that evening flow, you know, with the homework and the activities and cooking dinner, I just wouldn't address it. Wow. Because I didn't want to be my focus to be diluted during that time because I wanted to fully remember what I did. Wow. <laughs> so like if your focus is diluted, your memories are going to be diluted. Jeez. And so we I think I was we allow we can allow too much intrusion. And then I think just like okay, you come home from work or you know your husband comes home from work or whatever. I don't know, but let's just set up a hypothetical situation. You're going to eat dinner. Right. So the, to me, dinner in my world, in my life, dinner signifies transition to the like we're moving toward the end of the day. Wow. So that's when I would se- I would stop and I would just kind of. Just almost pray, take a deep breath, pray, and then, Lord, I leave behind everything that's come up during this day. Wow. And I'm now here at home and I'm going to focus, give the best of what I have right now to the people that are in this house with me. Wow. And sometimes that might that might be more of a process than prayer. Sometimes I might need a 30-minute transition process to go, like, write, just jot some notes down, some things that, you know, you're riding home and you've got, yeah. like, all And these... you're a super introvert. Let me just say that. Oh, yeah, I'm very I, I'm introvert. a super introvert. So, like, this speaks to me on a, like, holy level. <laughs> like, I need 30 minutes. People who are extroverts might not understand <clears throat> no, it. No, my like, husband's, like, a million miles an hour. He loves peace. He's, like, always charged by people. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I need five minutes. And I think there's also a difference between internal and external processors. Yeah. Like, I'm an internal processor. So by the time something comes out of my mouth, I've actually already thought about it a lot. <laughs> I don't ever make suggestions to people without thinking about it. Wow. So when somebody goes, have you thought of this? I'm like, Yes. <laughs> I've thought of everything. I've been yes. thinking about this yes, for three I weeks. Have. <laughs> I have literally thought of everything. 
<laughs> but um, most people aren't like that. And my husband, Stovall, he's an, he's an external processor. Yeah, so sometimes yeah. he's just talking. And I'm like, yeah, what? What? And he's like, oh, I'm not talking to you. I'm just talking. I'm just working it out. I'm just working it out. I just need to say it out loud. And sometimes I literally have to say, you have to quit. <laughs> like, I'm not here. For, like, go into a closet. Because he will just process everything. And he'll just come stand in front of me and talk. He doesn't want to talk to me. He yeah. just wants to talk at yeah. me. Are you, are you, do you want a response? Like, I don't really know. Am I responding to you? It's just good that my you? ears are here and that's okay. <laughs> so sometimes I actually do need to go. I need I need some peace yeah. and some quiet and a space to do this yeah. and to shut down everything that has my attention right now, to release it, to let it go, to, yeah. to tie it up emotionally, psychologically. So when I come here, what's in front of me is the most important. In a yeah. way, you could think of it like a daily Sabbath. I think of it as you going to cry in a corner because you're self-aware. <laughs> See how that tied that in, That's guys? Awesome. See what I did there? Yeah. That is great. Okay, here we go. Here's another question. Too bad the name of my podcast That's is Carrie Weems Podcast. <laughs> I don't know how I could easily throw that in. That's okay. Carrie Weems Podcast. Uh, we're going to get to that here in a minute, guys, because guess what? She's got a podcast. Okay, hold on. We're not there yet. Okay. So um, I'm really excited. Okay, we're getting to the nitty-gritty, the nitty-gritty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only Jeez. other person in the world who loves Nacho Libre as much as me. Okay, this is like... The most game-changing thing you've ever taught me. Oh, like, good. You're like, well, it's not a big deal. No, <laughs> no big deal. Um, let me just set this up, people, because she said this joker to me like seven years ago in passing. <laughs> like it wasn't even a thing for her as I'm in the middle of a full-on nervous breakdown trying to be awesome in her office. And she's just like, kid, you know, you know, it's not even a thing. And it completely <laughs> changed the way I do life. I do marriage. I do everything. Um so a few weeks ago, I pretty much stole your greatness is not a thing life lesson. Okay. Like, like straight up stole it. That's okay. Okay. I gave you credit. It's it's actually, I think I'm, I think you it's- You stole a, it? No, I think it's an original, but I'm glad you stole it. It's one of the <laughs> few things that I really say that's original to me. That's not true because there are several things I have repeated that you've said that are pretty game changing. Okay. I'll have to give them to you later. Um, <clears throat> okay. So you dropped this bomb and I'm really excited. Not only did I was able to share it to the I Crying Corners fam, but now I feel like you can really- I don't know. Elaborate. Elaborate. So I feel like a lot of people still look at greatness as excellence. Like mm -hmm. if I'm not great, I'm not excellent. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, I felt like I didn't have the <laughs> the, the wherewithal to be able to explain why it's not. Okay. It's not excellent. I needed to bring in the big guns. So could you please explain this awesomeness to everyone, please? Yes. So I saw the funniest meme the other day when I was scrolling through Instagram <laughs> and um, it said, it was a picture of an empty toilet paper roll yeah. and it said, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change the toilet paper roll. Oh my God. <laughs> ah, it drives me crazy. So um, like that's my actual ministry. I don't care where I go. There will be an empty <laughs> toilet paper roll from here to Africa. It does not matter. Yeah. Every airport. Everywhere. I'm like, can anyone change For the, the love airport? Of God. Yeah, yeah. Someone change. It's not even my job now, technically. <laughs> like I understand at my house. You know, but like I'm in the airport restroom. Do I have to change the toilet paper roll? <laughs> now I'm trapped in here. Um, so, You're knocking on the one next hello, to you. Hey guys, hello. do you have a new? No, no, sorry. Just sitting in here till the cleaning lady comes in. Um, I'm getting texts from my husband. Where are you? Where are you? Where are, we're and boarding. There's no, to there's no toilet paper. <laughs> Bring me some toilet paper. Send in one of the girls. Um, okay, so anyway, where am I? Okay, but I think that's kind of to me, it kind of sums up the difference between greatness and yeah. excellence because. Oh, wow. A person who's chasing greatness doesn't even notice the toilet paper roll. Wow. They're too busy changing the world to change the toilet paper roll. Jeez. But changing the toilet paper roll is excellence because you're the last one. You used it up. So you know what excellence does? They replace they replace it for the next person. Oh, my God. That's so good. So you're trying to solve world oh hunger, but you God. can't even solve the toilet paper. <laughs> like, first solve the toilet paper. Dude. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Like chasing greatness actually keeps us from excellence because oh excellence starts in everyday things. So while you're she trying just, to, I can't even. I know you didn't make that up. I know you've been processing this for three weeks. But that that's, I did just make up. Oh my god. This is this is why people. This she, is, I always feel so much better about myself. That's why I'm <laughs> doing this podcast so I can feel so good when I'm. I just steal all your material and add a funny story. Oh my god, that's so gangster. That's so true. Like but people true. just walk by the things that really matter. Like still, if I walk by paper on the floor, I pick it up and throw pick it, it up. Away. Like, this is my house. This is my yes. church. I don't want paper on the floor. No, I didn't put it there. And now I've started to think, I don't know, did someone wipe their nose with that? So I might go get another paper or something or use some hand sanitizer. But, like, excellence really is just doing the very best with what you have. Caring about people, loving God and loving people. Yes, and loving them well. And so it's yeah. a difference I often say between service and hospitality. Wow. So service is doing whatever it takes to meet someone's wishes whether that is making sure that they have plenty of towels in their room, they have a cat on the airplane that they need to pet for their anxiety. That's a personal joke. <laughs> if I took my cat on an airplane, I think it would be like the worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> it would be the weirdest you, thing. Have you the, seen this? Yes, people bring animals all the time. But they cats, they would bring in a, a little carry-on thing. Yeah, She would have anxiety. I would, <laughs> I, it would be the worst. Everybody else. But like... But hospitality is anticipating okay. what someone might want when they come into the room. Okay. So that's when you have like, you know, you have water instead yeah. of like, I got all the way here to yeah. Nevada mm -hmm. and there's like zero humidity and there's no water. I have to now go to the store and buy water. Jeez. You see what I'm saying? Like those yeah. kinds of little anticipating what someone needs. That's that's hospitality. Well, gr greatness is like just doing whatever it, you can do to get notoriety and get recognized as fast as possible, last. and it's it like doesn't a fad. Last. Oh, and it's so, it's so like yeah, you, it's right. It's like the people that think you're great in one time might not think that you're great when yeah. the when the wind changes, you know. Yeah. But there's this theory in leadership called about greatness, and it's it's basically the idea that um, it's called the great man theory, and it's the idea that there's a certain thing about people who are meant to be leaders. There's a certain greatness within them, and they do great things because they are great people. Jeez. And it's really not a sound. It's, the idea is that you're born, you're born, you're either a born leader or you're not, and mm -hmm. that leadership can't be taught. Wow. And so I think in this day and age, when there's so much emphasis on leadership, um, people are wanting to prove their worthiness to be leaders by doing something great, but forgetting that you need to be excellent before you're great, and wow. then let, let God make like let God make great what He wants to make great, and then you don't have to carry the burden of keeping it great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let it's, him breathe on it. It's all about goodness. Yeah. Goodness. Goodness and excellence and goodness are the same. Like that's, they're really close. You know, what is the very best I can do with this? Jeez. So. He said it is good. It is good. It was done. He didn't say this is awesome. High five everyone. Everything's totally finished. And there's this, you know, immaculate, wonderful. There was still a lot. And he gave, God gave Adam and Eve in creation. He said, multiply and fill the earth take dominion and subdue it. In other words, God made a garden, but there was a whole earth that was totally undone, and yet God stopped. Took a minute. He took a minute. He rested, and he didn't even say, and now I'm going to get, I'm going to, he basically was like, and I'm going to delegate to you, Adam and Eve, you go ahead and take dominion over the earth and subdue it. You build the cultures. You build the family unit. You build the systems. You plant the, you plant the rest of the gardens. I've given you dominion. Wow. But in that, he established rest as a cornerstone, and it was about doing kingdom work as a steward, not about them becoming great. Jeez. You know? I always say, to, like, I, technically, this is a leadership podcast. <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> I, I, that's not really what it is, though. I always say that leadership is just serving people well. It is, yeah. And so 
the goal, I think through it, through, you've been talking, you just brought it back to rest. <laughs> Dang it. You're always bringing it back to rest. Um, but when I look at where we're headed, where I think of uh, this podcast, I think of what God's doing and the people that are listening, like it goes back to just don't, just be good people. Yeah. Yeah. Be kingdom people. And I want to say about, if I could just say something yeah. about rest really quick, you know, resting doesn't mean that you just get to this certain point and you let everything go and you miss all your deadlines and you let people okay, down. Good. Like, Thank I didn't you. Get my, Thank you for saying this. I yes. Just, okay. I just have to have some me time and it's Sabbath. When I, when you have too much to do and you need a minute and you need to yeah. rest, let yourself rest. But also, you know, do what you need to do beforehand so that other people don't then take the consequences of you just burning out. Change the toilet paper roll. Change the toilet paper roll and then go rest. So or if you're not going to meet a deadline because you're burned out, communicate to people, look, I'm I'm, I feel like I've kind of hit my limit. I'm worried that this might be compromised. Can you help me find a solution for this? Like, can I put this work that I have that's supposed to be due this Friday? Can I move it to the next Friday yeah. or to buy some time? Can I rearrange, shift some priorities or whatever? But, and even if you don't have a deadline, like, don't just rest and let things fall because yeah, that's not that's excellence. Not, yeah. Excellence is having to plan that you space your work and you you pace your work so that you have a reasonable week's work. Yeah. So that you do have time to rest. Wow. And that is that's what I mean by the, the letting it be the metronome instead of squeezing in everything you can in one week and then conking out and then maybe not getting all of it done. How much can you realistically do in your work week? Yeah. Then schedule that so that you will you be can good rest at with that. Yeah. Be good at that. Really be realistic. Yeah. You know, self awareness. Self awareness. See what we did there? Yes, I did. So I you don't have to cry in corners. See what it. I did there? <laughs> so, dang it. So good. She's so good at this stuff. Uh, I think people want to, I don't know. I think I look back, people aren't resting. I think they want to be great. That's why I made them things that are not a thing. But I think people chase greatness. I go back to this because they have entered into a discovery season. Yep, yep. And then what happens is you taught me this about discovery deployment. I mean, discover, it goes discovery, development, deployment. Mm-hmm. People get into these discovery, aha, American Idol type moments, yeah. and they're like, I'm great, yes. right? Yes. And and then they forget that development actually is what builds your excellence, and God never sends out what he doesn't develop. That's right. So can you talk a little bit about the development seasons of life? We have a yeah. lot of people here who are in ministry, um, new to ministry, new to yeah. creative ministry. Um, and to be honest with you, it's hard. Yeah. You know this. You're 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 a senior pastor. Yeah. You oversee a lots of millennials and creatives and yes. people with feelings. How do you navigate development seasons where things don't feel great? Yeah, that's so good. I mean, honestly, you, that never stops happening to you. You don't get yeah. to this place on the org chart where you no longer so have to true. deal with that, Thank right? Thank you for saying that. Like, if I was just a director, if I was just a coordinator, nope, if I was just an executive director, no, you're always going to feel that weight yeah. because it's really the crushing of the self. Come on. That's what development is. You're dying to yourself. This is what I want. This didn't happen. Wow. Now I hate that. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like it. It's not my vision. It's not what I wanted. Someone didn't like my work. Wow. Someone didn't give me the, I, you know, presented them with my first draft and they made corrections on it. And that really, um, you know, it offends my artistic vision. I mean, you just have to understand there are no good designers. There are only good redesigners. That's so good. So you have to build, and part of that is because if you're, I think, if we might be honest with ourselves, that we have so much confidence in our abilities sometimes mm-hmm. to produce something great yeah. that we think someone's going to approve our first draft, and we don't. It's never happened. Our, we didn't build in revisions in our timeline. That it has won't. never happened in 15 years of being a designer. I have never <laughs> turned in anything and someone been like, that was awesome. Perfect. No changes. Never. Like, nobody's ever going to do that. Nobody. So you, you have to build in revision time. That's just a practical, but 
you know, being discovered is fun. Like that moment on The Voice when someone turns their chair around and they're like, I want you. And everyone's yeah. like, yes, oh you God. love yeah. me. Like it's so much fun. But then, you know, when you watch the coaching sessions on The Voice, it's they're like those, ugly. they're ugly. They're not always good. It would, it, it, you know, you when you're, your audition song is – hundred percent built around your strengths. This is who, this is the performer that I am. The development phase is seeking what to increase your range, to increase your diversity of your repertoire. And it's going to uncover areas where you're weak. Yeah. That's what development is about. Yeah. It's about uncovering your weaknesses so that you can strengthen them. And the people often, they they love the discovery and they love the deployment. They want to, I'm great at this and I want to go out and do it. Yeah. Like they're ready. They don't realize how one dimensional they are. Wow. So do you want to be a one-hit wonder or do you want to be a platinum artist with 15 Timeless. records? Yeah. Yes. So that development is where that happens. And I talk a little bit about this. I had a podcast on self-actualization and how there are these core needs that we all have for self-respect and esteem and identity. And when you skip that development process, you jump from discovery to deployment, from obscurity to greatness with none of these core – like core – um, components of your of the strong self, the solid self in place, and then you're in a position. Core values. Yeah, core values. Yeah, I talked about core values like two weeks ago. Yeah, I talked about it. It's really those are the sta- the standards and values and core values. It's what it's what make it's like our guide and our map and our compass to kingdom living. Exactly. And when we when we skip that development phase, those are very very weak, and sometimes they don't get like get developed at all. And that's when you see people, that's when, uh, this is another thing you've probably talked about. And I definitely stole this from Charlie Dawes. So, (laughs) but when you, if you don't know who you are, when you walk into the room, the room will tell you who you are. Yeah. So. I've literally said that 16 times. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Charlie. Sorry. (laughs) Credit Charlie Dawes. Um, But if, um, but if you don't take that development time, the room will always be telling you who you are. Yeah. I always say that. And you'll live and die by the response in the room. Oh, dude. Because there's nothing else communicating value to you. Yeah, I, I think I said it a couple episodes ago that it's more important whose you are than who you are. Yeah. Because you can't really find out who you are if you're not attached to the creator. That's so true. And so here you are. You walk into a room and you're waiting for them to tell you who you are. Tell you if I'm, I'm worthy, if, I, if I'm good enough, am I successful enough? You know, if you think about like in the garden, every day God came and walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. And they we all learn who we are through the reflection that other people give us, mm-hmm. you know, kids learn who they are through the, the reflection parents. in their parents' yeah. eyes. We learn who we are in relationships by the way people that, you know, funny joke is you never, you didn't fall in love with your spouse. You and fell in love with yourself reflected through the eyes of your spouse because <laughs> you loved how they, when you hear, why do you love them? I love the way they make me feel. That's well, that actually has nothing to do with them. Yeah. It has to do with you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they quit reflect, they start getting the reality of you and they start reflecting they that start back to you. start eating cereal. And eating oranges. Yeah, yeah. they don't, or they don't think know. it's cute when you don't shave under your arms anymore. And you're like, wait, <laughs> was my that arms ever are cute? super cute. Was that ever cute? No, it wasn't really cute. No, it wasn't I just didn't cute. notice it. I was yeah. too busy looking at the great side of you to notice the rotten side of you. But now I notice the rotten side of you. Yikes. I'm reflecting that back to you. Yeah. Now I don't make you feel good anymore. Wow. So now you don't love me. Wow. Now you're falling out of love with me. Super no, you're just yikes. getting a little bit of dose of reality of who you really are. Wow. Let that sit for a second. That's really good. Let's just sit. <laughs> That's really good. You know, now I go hide in my room when I get home from work because I don't want to talk to you. That's not me being, that's me reflecting back to you that there's something about talking to you that I don't like. Jeez. Not, it's not me being a jerk and not meeting your needs. And those are people that don't understand development. Yeah. They're not self-aware. Wow. So you just have, when that happens, you have an opportunity to become more self-aware. I've noticed in the last three months, you've had this pattern of coming in, 
going to the room and sitting by yourself. You used to sit in the kitchen and talk to me. What happened? Wow. And then be ready for what comes next because they're probably not self-aware enough to know what they're doing until you ask the question. And that means they're probably not going to be self-aware enough to frame their answer in a way that's suitable to you and your emotions. But if you will take it and learn from it, you can reverse those kinds of bad patterns early out. You become a person that's free marriage counseling. (laughs) Free marriage 101. You're welcome. (laughs) A la Carrie Weems. Um, Yeah, it's funny because I'm Esteban and I are so different. Oh, yeah. He is so, he is the nicest person in the world. And I'm like, I'm I'm the crazy one in our relationship. Uh You know, I'm not. You're not. You're not. It's okay. It's okay. As the crazy one in my relationship, I'm usually the one that's like, I know I'm acting like a crazy person. <laughs> and he's always like, his always response is so sweet. He's always like, I'm glad that you are aware of this. Like, it's not like. <laughs> it's okay. I, I as long as we both know who's at fault here, it's all good. <laughs> well, I have embraced, I have embraced development. So I know, <laughs> I know that God can't, what is it? What was that verse in the Bible where he's like, God blessed the bread and then he broke it and then he sent it out. Like God, and God yes. doesn't send out anything he doesn't break. Ooh, that's good. You know? And so, I'm stealing that from you. It's okay. Can I steal it? Yeah. Is it okay? It's okay. Please take it. I have <laughs> okay. a whole podcast on it. I'll send it to you. Good. But the truth is, is like the whole point of bringing her on this podcast, the whole point of this whole season is that like this whole season is going to feel like a little breaking. Mm-hmm. I said it at the beginning. I said it was going to be hard. I said it was going to push you. And the reality is, is God can't really send you out to do all the amazing things he wants to send you out to do until you can embrace the awkward conversations. Yeah. Right? Yep and letting people just speak in your life. So I hope this helped you. Um, I hope this blessed you. Uh, season, the next season will be the things that are a thing. And so thank you, Pastor Carrie, for being on the podcast. Guys, please go listen to her podcast, The Carrie Weems Podcast. She has wisdom bombs over and over and over again. Go to carrieweems.com, pick up one of her books as it's going to change your life because it changed mine. And um, I'll see you next season. Love you, weirdos.